You're listening to a podcast from River City Church of Jacksonville, Florida. For more audio and video podcasts, visit rccjacks.com. Every year, I always say, like, I'm not going to wait until December 24th to do all my Christmas shopping. And uh, I'm not going to, and I did. I did this year like I always do. And I was running around town um, with my sermon, like, rolling around in my mind and changing, and uh, it was just, it was chaos. It was total chaos. And, and I started to listen to the radio and hear and have conversations with people who were watching the movies that are floating around right now. Movies that I'm pretty sure by design were created to help us with the anxiety we experience at Christmas time. And these are, they're all, they're all kind of the same. I mean, we're talking about, you know, Christmas Carol, Miracle on 34th Street, Elf, you know, Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer, The Grinch, Scrooge, and as David Gates said last year, the best Christmas movie of all, Die Hard. And so, you know, but all of these movies, barring Die Hard, um, are about the same thing. And, and they were created by the, the authors to help us relax at Christmas, to help us have joy at Christmas, to help us have fun at Christmas, to kind of... To, to kind of soak in to the, the Christmas season and just kind of chill out and enjoy, because that's what we all want. We all want, it's like Christmas is coming, we're excited about it, we want to relax, not maybe relax, but we want to have fun, we want to be joyful, we want to be happy. Have you ever noticed in your family when someone's not happy at Christmas, you're just kind of like, you get angry at them? Like, yo, why aren't you happy? Like, your unhappiness has affected my happiness, and I want to be happy at Christmas time. It's already not cold out. We're going to break a record high tomorrow of 82, not just for one day, but for the whole week. I'm already grumpy about that. Why are you unhappy? And you get mad at your family members when they're not happy around you. I experienced this with Laura this afternoon. It's the reason I, I know that that's true. And um, so I put her in kids crew today. That's where she is this, this evening. That's what happens in our family. I put you to work in the church if, you, if you're not happy. And so, um, but all these movies... You know, they have these common storylines. There's a bad guy in the movie, right? And everyone, there's the Scrooge, Ebenezer Scrooge, who's kind of, there, you know, he's angry, he's not happy, he's not full of joy. And the other characters are like full of joy the whole time. I mean, they might be broke, they might be poor, they might have a, a nose that glows and, and reindeer being angry at them, but they're happy, they're really happy, and they don't get angry or mad at these, these characters. They, they tend to love them. And, and through the course of the movie, what happens, or the TV show, or the book, um, these people who know that they're greedy, they know that they're angry, they know that they're mean, they don't apologize for it, they know that they're selfish, and they don't care. What happens throughout the movie is everyone kind of loves them, and they change, don't they? The characters change. At the end, you know, he's visited by three, three ghosts, and his heart changes, and he becomes generous, he give, starts giving stuff away. Or like Rudolph, like his nose glows and he's like the hero. I mean, he was always the good guy, but the other rangers, what happened to them? Like they're all nice to him, but Rudolph was never mean to them, right? Or the Grinch, you know, and the little, is her name Susie, who like loves him, cares for him. His heart begins to thaw. I mean, if there's not a, a greater picture of the gospel than little Susie thawing out the Grinch's heart, because that's, that's the gospel right there. Um, but eventually what happens to these characters is that their hearts thaw and they realize that there's more to life than taking care of themselves. There's more to life. The joy that they're after actually comes in being sacrificial and giving and wanting to give away the things that they have, wanting to give away and participate in the joy that comes from Christmas. 
And isn't that really what Christmas is all about? God, at his expense, giving away what is most precious to him, his son Jesus Christ, his greatest joy, his greatest, closest relationship, giving that away, losing that for our sake so that we can find life, so that we can experience the joy of Christmas. You know, whenever we come to Christmas, there's kind of two approaches that a pastor can take or that someone who's teaching on Christmas can take. One approach is that you talk about kind of what happened at Christmas and you talk about, you know, shepherds or you talk about angels or you talk about the star, you talk about like um, the poverty of the shepherds, you talk about, you know, how smelly it was in the stall or how 10 pound baby, you know, 10 pound, eight ounce baby Jesus was born. He's so fragile and just like Jesus, we're fragile and God loves, you know, or whatever. But you talk about, you talk about, what is happening in the story. And you go to the scriptures and you unpack those scriptures and you talk about what happened. This is what happened. And, and, and it's encouraging and, and it's good. And, I, and, I, and the reason I'm changing this here is because I've done all those, I don't have any more of those kinds of talks. I've, I, I, I have no more of those. And so tonight what I want to talk about though, which is the second thing, is what does it mean? What, what does what happened mean? So Jesus was born, but what does that really mean for us? What are the implications of a baby, of God becoming a baby and being born 2,000 years ago? What does it really matter? It's kind, of asking, it's kind of answering the question, so what? So what if he was born in a manger? So what if there were animals around? So what if there was a star and there were angels? What does that mean for me? And that's not a feeling question, is it? So this talk is more aimed at our minds as much as our hearts. Often Christmas talks, we aim at the heart of everybody in the room because we want people to leave with that joy and that happiness and that Christmas mojo going on, right? And so we talk about what happened. We talk about 10-pound, 8-ounce baby Jesus, and we want everyone to leave happy. But the deeper meaning of of Christmas is much more important, I think, than that because it answers and speaks to a longing that we all have in our heart that without Jesus will never be fulfilled. The title of this talk I have is, if you have Jesus, you have life. If you don't have Jesus, you're Scrooged. And I thought that was the most clever thing I've come up with all 2015. I wanted to Instagram it, I wanted to Facebook it, I wanted to, I, I was trying to, but I couldn't because I knew once I put it out there, if I said it like I just said it, you wouldn't have laughed. You'd be like, yeah, yeah, you do that three, years ago, three days ago when you're doing your talk. But if you don't have Jesus, if you have Jesus, you have life. This is the meaning of Christmas. If you have Jesus, you have life. If you don't have Jesus, you're Scrooged. You will act like Scrooge. You will be Scrooge. You will be unhappy. You will be joyless. You will be lifeless. And so the scripture we have today speaks to that reality, that Jesus is the source of life. Jesus is life. Jesus is joy. And there's a way for us to, to, to attain that, to receive that, and to participate in that joy and that life in Christmas. And so the passage is about, the passage we're going to look at is 1 John 1, 1 to 4, and then chapter 5, 11 and 12. And it's, John says this, John wrote three letters, and he also wrote the Gospel of John. And uh, his theme that we're going to read about here is kind of all through everything that he writes. That which was from the beginning which we have heard, which we have seen with our eyes, which we looked upon and have touched with our hands concerning the word of life. The life was made manifest, and we have seen it 
and testify to it and proclaim to you the eternal life which was with the Father and was made manifest to us. That which we have seen and heard we proclaim also to you so that you may have fellowship with us. And indeed our fellowship is with the Father and with the Son, Jesus Christ. And we are writing these things so that your joy may be complete. And skipping down to chapter 5. And this is the testimony that God gave us eternal life, and this life is in his Son. Whoever has his Son has life. Whoever does not have his Son, whoever does not have the Son of God, does not have life. Father, we pray that you would come now and that you would open our minds as well as our hearts to not only feel the truth of the story of Christmas, but to understand and know it so that we might be led into your presence and experience the life that you have for us. Just come, Lord, and lead us in this time. Amen. To have life, eternal life, is what God's talking about here, what John's talking about here. Eternal life, the best life, the life that we are created for, the life that we long for. And this life, John says, is in his son, and he testifies to that. Whoever has the son has life. Whoever does not have the son does not have life. It comes in receiving at Christmas the gift of Jesus Christ, a gift that cannot be earned, a gift that cannot be purchased, a gift that you may know about, you may believe in, but if you haven't received it, you will not have life. That which was from the beginning, Jesus was with God, is God from the beginning of time which we have heard, which we have seen with our own eyes, which we looked upon and have touched with our own hands concerning the word of life. The life was made manifest and we have seen it and testified to it and proclaim it to you as eternal life, which was the Father has made manifest to us. The Father has made Jesus manifest to us. And he has come to be with us, to show us God. And, And John 1, the gospel of John, John says, and you may, right when we started reading this, It says, the word was made flesh and dwelt among us. The same thing. The word was in the beginning and was with God. The word, Jesus Christ, was made flesh and dwelt among us so that we could have life. Jesus says, I'm the way and the truth and the life. Every other other religion says, if you want to have life, you need to work and you need to go and you need to do do these things. If you do these things, then you'll find life. If you do these things, you'll find peace. If you do these things, you'll find joy. Or you'll be one with the universe, or you'll be God, or you'll have, you know, rock shalom, or whatever they call it, you know, whatever. But you'll have like, but it's about you going and doing to achieve and to find life. But Jesus crush dominates that. And he says, no, I am life. You will only have life if you have me. It doesn't say, if you obey my commands, you'll have life. It says, if you have me, if you receive me as a free grace gift that my Father has given you, if you receive me, boom, you have life. It doesn't say that if you live this way and follow me, you'll have life. He says, if you receive me, if you have me, you have life. And God's sent Jesus because of his love for us so that we can know Jesus and we can know this life. Without Jesus, we can't know or have the life that God has created us for. You know, if you go outside and you look at the sun, a few things will happen, especially tomorrow when it's 82 degrees. You'll sweat first. But you won't be able to see it clearly, will you? 
I mean, you'll, you might squint and it will just be bright. It will be blurry. It will be hot tomorrow. It will be all those things. And if you keep looking, the other thing that will happen is it will burn your retinas and you'll go blind. So that's what will happen. You can't look at the sun. If you try to look at the sun and stare at the sun, you'll go blind or it will be blurry to you. You won't be able to see it. You just won't. You need, what do you need? You need a filter, don't you? You need something to pass through in front of you so that when you look through it, you will see the sun clearly. You will see the beauty of the sun, the fire bursting off of it, the spots in the sun. You'll see the glory and the power of what God created in the sun. You'll be able to see it as it was made to be seen, but you can only see it through the filter that you're looking through. Without the filter, you can't see it as you were created to, and you can't experience it as you were created to. In the same way, the glory of God, we cannot look upon without Jesus. We cannot come into his presence. We cannot know the life that he had for us, has for us. We cannot know his love. We cannot know his joy. We cannot know his peace. We cannot know his rest without Jesus coming, us receiving him as our filter, God coming to us, us receiving him as a gift, and then looking through him to the Father and receiving the life that the Father has for us. So that's the first thing. To know Jesus is to have life, eternal life, now and forever. The second thing that this passage teaches us about Christmas is that Christmas happened so that we could have fellowship with God. In verse three, it says this, that's we, that which we have seen and heard, we proclaim also to you, so that you too, why have we said these things to you? Why are we talking this way to you? Why are we trying to convince you of this? So that you too may have fellowship with us. And indeed, this is John. This is John being John. Just to make it clear, when I say fellowship with us, I'm not talking about me and the other disciples. I'm talking about fellowship with the Father and the Son, Jesus Christ. God drew near to us on Christmas morning, offering us his son, Jesus Christ, so that we could know him, so that we could have a relationship with him. Christmas teaches us that it's not enough to believe or to obey Jesus Christ. In order to experience the life that he has for us, we have to have fellowship with him. And here's what's amazing about Christmas, is it begins, it's the beginning of an amazing story, a story that God goes to extreme measures to draw near to us so that we can have fellowship with him. He leaves heaven, he leaves his glory. Jesus leaves behind the relationship, the perfect relationship and the intimacy that he has with the Father and the Spirit. Was born as a baby, vulnerable, raised in a poor family, abandoned by his friends, crucified, a brutal death, and died, all so that we could have fellowship with him and his father, so that we could know the intimacy that he left when he came as a child on Christmas. So that's what God has done for us to create the opportunity for us to have fellowship. But we, not only in receiving Jesus, but we have to pursue Jesus to have fellowship with him. And so Christmas kind of asks the question, what are you gonna do now that God has drawn near to you? What are you going to do to draw near to God? How are you going to live your life 
to draw near to God? How are you going to live so that not only in believing that this is true, but living like it is true, it becomes true in your life? And the litmus test for that is do you have life? Or do you have stress and anxiety and worry and busyness and brokenness like the rest of the world with no joy and no peace that comes from having fellowship with Jesus? Christmas is not only about receiving the gift of Jesus Christ and finding life in him. Christmas is also an invitation to give up your life to have fellowship with him. The third point that this teaches us is that Christmas, I can't read that. There's too many dang stars, man. What the? Guys, Christmas is about, we changed this last one just before the service. And so I want to make sure I read what you have. Christmas is about the joy we receive when we receive Jesus. Christmas is about the joy we receive when we receive Jesus. At the very, in verse four, it says this, and we are writing these things so that your joy may be complete. And, and, and again, if we're asking the so what question, so what's the big deal about Jesus being born? At the heart of that question is our desire to have a joy, to have a deep joy, a joy that passes the joy of this world, right? A, a joy that goes beyond our circumstances, a joy that is, is supernatural, a joy that runs deep in our heart. This joy is grounded in the fact that John knew Jesus John, it says in this verse, it says, in these verses, it says that he had touched him, that he had seen him, that he had heard him, and he had been known by him. His joy is complete, and not only believing in these truths, but knowing they are true because he experienced them to be true in his fellowship and life that he had received with Jesus Christ. And now he's sharing them with us so that we too could participate not only in the fellowship, but we can have a joy that goes beyond what's happening in the busyness and the brokenness of our life. There's an Instagram post this week that, of someone that I read, and, and as I was preparing my talk, it, 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 God just brought it up to me, it reminded me, because I think if there was one thing that we all want, it's that, and one reality that we all know is that, that life is messy, Regardless of the stage that you're in, life is messy. Whether you are a believer in Jesus Christ or you're not, you know, it rains on us all. There are dark seasons for us all. There are hard times for us all. There are seasons of disappointment and there are seasons of tragedy for us all. And, and if I were to say, what is the one hope and the greatest thing that Christmas offers us in knowing Jesus and having fellowship with Jesus, it's, it's believing that we can have joy in the midst of those circumstances, and, and a joy that is real, a joy that allows us to not only survive them, but find life in the midst of them. And this was the Instagram post of this, this friend of mine that, that who, who's going through this tough season, and her, her mom has cancer, and she's in the midst of this chaos, and these were her words that the Lord reminded me of, and it spoke to the joy that she has in the midst of that, and it gave me great hope that if it's true for her, it can be true for me. And, it's, and she wrote this. No one would choose to walk through suffering, yet how much more do I know you now, Jesus? While I do not know the depths of sorrow, I have seen a glimpse of it. The broken body and the blood run red. How he has been with me in my daily. I walk, though I, fully can, I cannot fully see. I step, 
though I do not know what it will be into. When there seems to be no understanding, your voice whispers back. While I am looking into the dimly lit mirror, your reflection is clear. Another day, I will tell of your feasts, of dancing and singing, your teaching of bravery and how you lavish me with laughter. But today, I tell of our bond and trust, of how you meet loneliness and breathe slowly with her, how you show your protective nature, and rather than skipping over this day, you let me gaze upon your face and lay on your chest. You feed me bread and wine, sustaining me. When it is time, you draw open the curtains and give me strength for today. Your love is my love, and mine is yours. That is spoken from the heart of somebody who knows a joy that runs deep, that runs beyond death that runs beyond tragedy, that runs beyond circumstances that she has no control over, yet has hope still, has life still, and has a joy that is complete. And not only knowing and believing Jesus, but having fellowship, a fellowship with him that is so rich and so deep that she won't survive this. She won't be satisfied with just surviving the circumstances she's in but she will live and find life to the full because she has Jesus. Christmas is about finding our joy in the gift of Jesus, finding life in Jesus through fellowship with Jesus. This is why Jesus came. This is why we celebrate Christmas. And this is the testimony that God gave us eternal life And this life is in his son. Whoever has the son has life. Whoever does not have the son does not have life. Do you have the son? Do you have life? That's the question that the father's asking us this Christmas. That's why Jesus came, to give us life. Amen. The ushers are going to come forward now. And um, they're going to gather candles, and they're going to start passing the candles out. Now, while they're passing the candles out, I'm going to show a video. And this video is a story of a famous, and it's been flying around the internet, a story of a famous violin player who disguises herself, and she's playing the song, this hallelujah song in the subway. And as she reflects at the end of, the, of, of playing this song, she talks about how she was struck and how it affected her heart, how nobody recognized her, nobody noticed her, nobody cared what she was playing, nobody uh, recognized the beauty and the power of who God had created her to be. No one recognized or took notice of her hard work and her time and the effort that she had, had been created for. And she goes on to say, at the end, after the song's over, we're not going sh- to show you this part, But she goes on to say, she says, but there's somebody who knows you, who knows your heart, who sees your beauty, who knows the glory that's been planted in you. And he sees you and knows you because the person of Jesus Christ and the gift of Jesus Christ was not a gift given to the world. It was a gift that was given to you because he loves you, because he knows you, because he created you in his image and you're fearfully and wonderfully made. 
And so this Christmas, as you think about these things, why did Jesus have to be born? You think about these things in your mind and not only in your heart. I would encourage you to remember that this is about your heart. This is about God coming and meeting us where each one of us are individually so that we can know his love and we can know his life and be assured that he knows us, that he sees us, and that he loves us. So we're going to pass the candles out now. We're going to dim the lights. The band's going to come up, and we're just going to watch this video and listen to this video as we do this.